Hey there, everybody. How you doing today? It's Pastor Chip again. And uh, yesterday I was doing the podcast on Luke and uh, Jesus and Peter. and talked about when Jesus told Peter that Satan had wanted him, Jesus, to hand him over to be sifted. And Jesus told Peter to resist the devil. And I got to thinking, there's another place similar to that in the Bible. So we're going to talk about that today. That's uh, the book of Job. And um, Job is pretty good. If you've ever read Job, it's actually the oldest book in the Bible. Um, A lot of people think that the Bible is compiled chronologically, but it's not. But anyway, Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Written, they say, before, way before. Anyway, so we talk about Job. Everybody knows Job, and or you've heard the story on Job and his friends and how Job lost everything. But who was Job? What what was going on? It says in Job 1, there was a man in the country of us named Job. He was a man of complete integrity who feared God and turned away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and his estate included 7,000 sheep and goats, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. So, I mean, he was well-to-do, wasn't he? I mean, you figure if he had thousands and thousands of animals, he definitely had to have hundreds of people helping him out, his servants. Didn't say they were slaves, he said servants. So they were paid. So he was wealthy. And this is a man who, if anybody looked at him, could say God's hand was upon Job. He had the blessings of God. He had everything. And then we see that in verse 6, It says, One day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord asked Satan, Where have you come from? And he says, From roaming through the earth. Satan answered him, And walking around on it. And then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. And Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Haven't you placed a hedge around him, his household, and everything he owns? You've blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he owns, and he will surely curse you to your face. And very well, the Lord told Satan, everything he owns is in your power. 
However, do not lay a hand on Job himself. So Satan left the Lord's presence. So you see, that's where the saying comes from when you hear people say you pray for a hedge of protection around them. The Lord had a hedge of protection around Job. And the Lord was boasting on Job. He knew that he was a man of perfect integrity who feared God. He was bragging on him to Satan. So how many people out there do you know, or do you see, or do you encounter, that you say they've got it going on? They've got everything. They got the most handsome husband or prettiest spouse and beautiful children and the home and, you know, garage full of cars and boathouses and campers and toys galore. And you say, they have got it going on. The Lord has really blessed them. Well, first of all, how do you know that there are people of complete integrity who fear God and turn away from evil? You know, some people have a lot of things and they're in a lot of debt. Does it mean God's blessing them? You know, and then, then you see people who struggle and live life hard and live right and they try to do the things that are right and pleasing to the Lord and things just happen. You know, they get stricken with illness or uh, cancer or lose their jobs or things like that and you're and you think well, what's going on you know do you can you be so myopic or short-sighted that you think that everybody's got everything in line because they're because of their wealth. Well, that's not indicative of their love for God. And then this just goes to show that even if you have it all, God can lift the hedge of protection around you and allow things to happen. You know, there are a lot of things that just happen around here and are unexplained, and we wonder what's going on. But the bottom line, the bottom line that we talked about in Luke and here in Job is that Satan is running around on the earth. Satan has control of the earth. He has control of the people who don't follow God, who lack integrity, but he does not have control over the souls of the people who belong to God. You see, we have control of our souls. Jesus told Peter, resist. And God told Satan, that he couldn't touch Job 
himself. Do not lay a hand on Job. So, if we go to 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober-minded. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering, sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. Nobody who's a fellow believer around the world, is immune to Satan and his temptations. Like I said something the other day, reminds me of that old Flip Wilson comedian. He used to say, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do it. He just put the temptation out there and made it sound good. You chose to do it. So what are we doing? I mean, why do we blame God for things when, was that saying, bad things happen to good people? It's not God's fault. Satan rules the, the world and Christ rules our bodies. And it's a constant battle going on between good and evil. It's never ending. And if you throw in the towel and give up, then you're going to pay for it for the rest of eternity. But if you resist like Job resisted. The sufferings that we go through here on earth is a momentary, a momentary setback compared to an eternity in heaven of joy and happiness. You know, my ex used to say, why do I have to be a Christian? Look at the people over there. They're not going to church, and they've got a new car and a new house, and they're not tithing, and they're not doing this. And I say, well, it's like this. Everybody gets an inheritance. And then God says to you, it's up to you. How do you want to spend it? And a lot of people say, I'll take my inheritance now, and I want to live like kings. I want to party, drink, dance, carouse. I want to have a good time now. And I'll, maybe I'll come to Christ later when I'm tired of partying and you know life is slowing down. And then I'll make a decision to come to Christ. Well, and then they die before it's before they've made that decision or you know, whatever happens. And they spend eternity paying paying for that inheritance. But we 
say, you know what, Lord? I want you in my heart, my life, and all that I do, and I'm going to do my best to be a good Christian. And I know I'm going to have temptations and setbacks, but just forgive me when I do. And we live the life that is pleasing to the Lord. And sometimes we suffer, and sometimes we we do well. But when our life is done and cut short or over, we get our inheritance, and we get it in heaven. So you can suffer now for the Lord, or you can suffer later for eternity. So think about it. The next time you're riding around, you see somebody, and you're thinking, Oh, they got everything. The Lord's blessed them. Are they really blessed? Are they truly blessed? Are they truly serving God? And I used to tell my kids, just because they have all that stuff, don't mean, don't mean that you know they're happy in that house. You heard that old saying: sometimes less is more. So this is Pastor Chip. I hope y'all enjoyed that, and look forward to talking with you again soon. I hope you all have a blessed day and thank you for tuning in.